Hello, welcome to Fountain Pen and Stationery, Season 4, Episode 1. Happy New Year, Frank. Happy New Year, Collins, and uh, Happy Year of the Rabbit. I think uh, per, uh, for Lunar New Year Rabbit year, you still got to wait a couple of, couple of weeks. Yes, for uh, Lunar New Year, it's, what, January 18th? Is that right? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, let me see. When is Lunar New Year? Uh, Lunar New Year. It is this year, January 22nd. It's earlier uh, 22nd. this year. Yeah. And uh, I think for Japan, actually, Japan already started. They, they already considered this year Year of a Rabbit because they don't go Lunar New Year's. They go with the uh, Western New Year's. So they keep with. So are you saying in Japan they keep with the animal-based twelve-year cycle, but they just change it during the Julian calendar? Correct. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So for the NHK, I think uh, their their yearly singing contest. Uh, one of them famous singer company Saya. She has a big giant rabbit ear. <laughs> on her head when she comes out for one of the last songs and say, like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's, uh, it's Year of the Rabbit. Well, I mean, the Year of the Rabbit does give you much marketing and uh, merchandising opportunities, more, more so than other potential animals of the Chinese Zodiac. Um, Granted, they're all marketable. Tiger I'm not saying it's pretty good as well, but it's, it's, it's more for female uh for males i would say for year of a tiger yes and it's a different uh, demographic hi yeah and uh i'm sorry not tiger the year of a rabbit is uh it's more like a universal one i would say yeah it's easily marketable yeah i guess we'll see when the year the dog comes around like that one's going to be a highly marketable as well oh yeah We'll see. That's we have a couple of years to go for for us yeah. to hit that year. <laughs> for us to hit that bar. Quite a while. Um, so, how's New Year treating you so far? Well, uh, a couple things. Um, I think I've talked about it before. Uh, I got a split keyboard. Right. You have I the got... the Kinesis something Pro, right? I can't remember the. Yes, I, I have the Kinesis three sixty. Um, and I, and I was been practicing it and it's, I've been getting better at it. Okay. Um, but I left it downstairs because I was doing work downstairs. And so I mm -hmm. came upstairs to do this podcast and I was too lazy to go downstairs. And now I'm using a regular keyboard, a regular QWERTY keyboard. That's straight rectangular in shape. Okay. At least that's good. I was going to say, did the leak got to it? <laughs> did, uh, I was going to ask the leak got to it. <laughs> No, 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 it's fine. But the problem now is it's weird going back to a rectangular keyboard now. It's like my typing speed has cut in half. Um, after a couple of times, your muscle memory will get used to it. Yeah. But it's I, one of those things where like I'm typing and it's like, oh, nope, that's not where enter yeah, is. Nope. Yeah, after, after a few couple of mistakes, your muscle memory will just kick in and tells you which one's which. It's fine. You'll get used to it very, very soon. Yeah. This is coming from someone yeah. that has tried like quite a bit of different keyboard layouts. <laughs> it's not like you're you're changing the system so much that your brain doesn't remember how to use it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like 
basically your your brain kind of remembers. It just sometimes requires some rewiring, some re re remembering for the brain to to get it back to working conditions. But it shouldn't take too yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. So, how are you, Frank? How's your New Year t- treating you? Mm, all right, lots of sleeping. <laughs> and uh, like I like I told put um told you in the uh, chats, I got a new griddle for the year. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. My original plan was to get a piece of, and I haven't got that. But I got a griddle instead first. Now this griddle is this a replacement for, or will it be in, you know, in conjunction with a pizza it's in stove? A supplement of. <laughs> So you're going to eventually have both. Eventually, yes. <laughs> eventually, I'm going to have both. Yes. Uh, the griddle is is one way to shift all the, uh, the the smell of cooking from inside the house to outside. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's just so that when you want to do stir fries, like, especially when you want to do stir, like, stir fried veggies for Chinese styles and... Uh, um, like when you want to basically pan fry something, the the smell and the, the oil clean up. Okay. Um, it generates a lot of smoke and a lot of smells. It generates a lot of smoke and it spills a little bit. And when you have, mm-hmm. I have a ceramic glass cooktop, right? Mm-hmm. And the cleaning process takes forever. Yeah. It, yeah. Once, once, once you got something seared on the top of it. So it just doesn't want to go yeah. clean. Mm-hmm. And while well, a a cast iron griddle just kind of meh, yeah, you can just burn it off at some point, yeah, scrape it off with a metal spatula. It's fine. <laughs> Correct. Correct. As long as as long as a little rust, it's okay. Yes, I I mean that's that's gonna be your biggest problem, right? But if as long as you keep it pretty well seasoned, it should. I mean, be okay. the weather here doesn't really promote rusting, in that sense. Unless it rains exceptionally hard, like it has been recently. Yes, but. Uh, it still survived well, and this is this is one of the very few times I actually found out my uh, my outside canopy was condensing water and dripped oh. onto the stuff below it. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, I was looking at it. Why is my griddle wet? Oh, oh shoot, the canopy is uh, <laughs> nothing is broken. It just the uh, the curved shape is attracting water droplet and just dropping down below. It's oh, just no. how wet and how uh, how how high the moisture content in the air is has been lately. But just this like this like month time frame, and then the rest of it is just dry. Yeah, uh, yeah. The rest of uh, the rest of you should be fine. Have you thought about bringing your griddle in, or just the cast iron part of it inside? No, that's just too heavy, man. That thing's like twenty pound. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Okay. No way. We're gonna bring that thing in. Okay, <laughs> you you can't so like the the metal part on that sits on top is twenty pounds. Yeah, wow, it's a giant piece of iron that is <laughs> just sits on top. It's just not moving anywhere. So, okay, New Year resolutions, New Year resolutions, or reservations, or whatever. Reservations. <laughs> I will say that I am uh, there. I follow a couple other podcasts. Uh, some people may know them as like a CGP Grey um, and a Cortex, and they don't use New Year's resolutions, but they do a thing called um, 
uh, yearly themes or annual themes. Yeah. Um, and so I try to ascribe to a little bit of that. And so uh, my annual theme for this year is a uh, theme of growth. And okay. so what you try to do when you create a theme is you're not, you're not trying to commit yourself to anything, but you're trying to have this theme as kind of a guiding light to moving towards a particular path. If that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, the way you describe so, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. So my year of growth is more about growing and expanding on the kind of the things that I've already set up in my life. Like so my things job. you already have and the stuff yeah. you already learned. Okay. Yeah. Things that I have, things that I've learned. So trying not to accumulate new stuff per se, but to learn and to grow into things that I already have. So that's my um annual theme so to speak what was your last year's annual thing just FYI, just just curious uh my last year's theme what was it yeah so sometimes you lose your themes uh, my last year's <laughs> theme <laughs> my last year's theme was i think change interesting okay because there was COVID, like last year, a lot of like COVID things were opening up. Mm -hmm. And so you, in 2020 and 2021, you kind of got used to being an extreme homebody. Okay. And so 2022 was about change because you needed to adapt to the change of environments, going back and socializing with people on a more regular basis again, stuff like that. You 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 have a questioning look on your face. <laughs> I honestly don't feel that much difference, to be honest, for me. Well, kind of because well, first of all, is uh, my work. Well, to be fair, that wasn't your theme. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just saying that uh, last year COVID opened up. It doesn't really feel that hard, or doesn't really feel that way. But mm -hmm. of course, I mainly partially because the uh, my work is kind of forced to work in office for the last, better part, better worst part of the last three years. So yeah, um, and as, I only returned to office this past twenty twenty two. Yeah, so as my, yeah. my guildmate discussed, uh, my office sounds like a massive den of infections. People are just <laughs> constantly getting sick. Ah. <sighs> And as, as you know, I have escaped getting the disease till now. I have not got it yet. I th oh, right. That was, that was your, your, your wife, not you. Yes, you my wife got, got it. Yet. Nope, I have not. Interesting. <laughs> one okay. of the weird minority few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, the, uh, you're like some of the rep I talked to. And self is okay, but their family member was sick as a dog, and uh, <laughs> they, they're just fine. Yeah. And immunity is different per person to person. Yes, yes it is. All In right. case people are wondering, my wife is totally fine now, so she's, she went, she'd handle it very well. Yeah, yeah. I think majority of people handle it relatively well. It just, mm -hmm. unfortunately, some people's immune system overreacted and doesn't do really that well with it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, I guess uh, we are gonna, I will say, finish off and uh, respond to our 
last e- email question for um, 2022. Would you mind do the honor and uh, actually repeat the questions for us? All right, yeah. So uh, the last question we got um, from Jacob, it says, Hi, Collins and Frank. Question again, uh, which is better... Which is the better nib for me between the Lamy 2000 and the Pilot Custom 74? Um, and he gave us a list of criteria that he was looking for. Um, number one, butter smooth writing. Number two, line width of roughly Western fine or Japanese medium. And three, less feedback. And again, butter smooth. I'm looking for pure smoothness here. Any pen nib? Uh, with more butter smooth recommended than the above two uh, at a similar price point would also be welcome. Thanks, Jacob. <laughs> All right. So, Frank. so, okay, my take on this, <laughs> first and foremost, <laughs> if you want a butter smooth nib, get a broad. i was kind of thinking the exact same thing um i think um broad nib from both japanese and western companies from what i can tell so far they are about the same width Mm -hmm. and uh, i mean after a certain width it's like eh whatever it's just go broader go home give up (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like uh japanese when they they hit medium they're like are you sure you want broader are you sure okay here here's medium fine here's medium and okay fine there there's broad for you Mm -hmm. um if you really want butter smooth i would definitely say go broad go broad there's it's just matter of science right the amount of frictions that a tip can give you it's much less when you have a bigger contact points. Mm-hmm. So a, uh, a broad tip would definitely feel much smoother, regardless of uh, the brands most of the time. Unless yeah. you, of course, get one of those uh, custom grinded nibs that has a uh, something like an oblique tip. And then they might cause some issues with your handwriting. But most of the time, I think a broad nib from most companies is fine. The interesting thing is for a lot of the Japan, uh, not Japanese, uh, Chinese pen companies, they don't even sell broad nibs unless you Hmm. very specifically ask for it. (laughs) I wonder if it's because, at least for normal handwriting things, writing with a broad nib with Chinese characters is kind of ridiculous. It just doesn't work. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you want to get a super big piece of paper. It really just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Actually, when I was first starting my pen journey, the nib that I thought was the smoothest for me was a 1.5 stub from Lamy. And it's just because it's such a big, smooth writing surface. Yeah, well, it was a stub, so... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, that doesn't fit with your criteria, Jacob, of uh, Western fine or Japanese medium. But in terms of being buttery smooth, that Lamy 1.5 was extremely smooth. Um, other than that, honestly, I do not have any particular reference that hits me as this is extremely smooth or this is extremely well between mm-hmm. the... Uh, 
between Japanese or Eastern uh, medium versus Western fine. Because I'll be honest, uh, for example, a extra fine slash fine in uh, Lamy sometimes is a crap shot. Yep. Like, I have both so far, and sometimes my uh, some extra fine writes wider than the fine. So <laughs> it's not very consistent. So it just really depends on the lock of a draw that you receive. It works uh, for the Lamy one, but it just doesn't mean that the uh, width is going to be consistent compared to um, in comparison to everything. So I think. I mean, everyone's Lamy 2000 experience is going to be a little bit different, right? Like, if because the Lamy 2000 does have the concept of a sweet spot. Now, uh, not everyone encounters a problem with hitting that sweet spot, but if you're looking for the finest, smoothest writing experience, even edging out of that that uh, sweet spot a little can potentially give you a little bit more feedback. You know, that's interesting because until you bring up the sweet spot issues, I don't, I don't really run into it on my mm-hmm. daily usage at yeah. all, even though I have used some fairly subpar paper at work, like 3M sticky notes, uh, just normal cheap, like probably a 19 pound <laughs> super cheap printing paper. Um mm-hmm. I think the issue, a lot of people's issue with the sweet spot is how you hold the nail, how you hold the pen, how mm-hmm. you write with it. Like, for example, I handed a fundamental John before. Mm-hmm. And oh God, the way that he writes, you cannot use a fundamental pen with it. <laughs> like that guy's handwriting style is... It's why ballpoint was invented in the first place. <laughs> because you don't really have to learn how to write with a ballpoint. No, it's because John's handwriting, he 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 literally rotates the pen as he writes. Oh, weird. It is really weird. Like he's he's holding it in like a Chinese offense style, but he just kind of rotates the tip as he writes the entire time. So oh, to him, the fountain pen is really, really scratchy. Because <laughs> he's like rotating it to the opposite point at the nib. Correct. He's rotating from <laughs> one point to the opposite point, and I just look at it in water Like this is that. That's he's Chinese writing, by the way. It's all circular, huh? Like typically, if you write Chinese, is a relatively square. Yes. Writing style, right? Yes. There are fonts that is that try to look cutesy, uh, try to look girly cutesy, mm-hmm. that is kind of circular and rounded. That's Zhang's natural Chinese writing characteristic. Interesting. I look at it and like, huh, I would not have guessed that's wrong coming out from the guy. It's <laughs> handwriting. I mean, that, that's his Chinese handwriting style, right? It's his writing style, for sure. Yeah. And that is one of the weirdest one I've ever seen. Okay. So, but going back to, you know, the smoothness between the Pilot 74 and the Lamy 2000, right? Yeah. There's, there's going to be a lot of things that influence how, which, which one writes smoother. And that's not just like the pens themselves, but it's also the ink that you're using too. If you're using a really dry ink, it's not going to write as smooth as if it's with like a wetter ink. 
So where's Angel's asking Jacob to get like a fire hose name along with the fire hose ink? I mean, you know, I, I guess it's to, <laughs> I guess it's to maybe temper the expectations of the pen. Whereas like the, both of these pens are going to do really well, right? The Lamy 2000 is a great pen. I love writing with it. Is it the smoothest pen that I have? It's not. I would actually say that my smoothest is probably in there around the same price point. My Pelican uh, M400. Huh. Okay. But it's a medium nib. <laughs> it's not a fine. It's not a fine. It's a it's a Western medium. Um, but I love the Western medium nib. Um, so if you're looking for a fine, I guess it's going to have to be that trade-off where it's it's going to still be smooth, but you could potentially get a smoother writing experience by going with a larger nib. So it, it's going to have to be that trade-off of what you're looking for. Okay. Whether you want to go, whether you want to stick with the fine writing experience or you want the, is butter smooth as like the absolute pinnacle of what you're looking for. And given that two out of three requirements are butter smooth, maybe you should go with a, uh, a medium nib. And I think the Lamy 2000 comes with a medium nib version, which maybe that's the solution. Oh yeah, let me see also definitely comes with I think in fact I think it comes with a broad version too, if you really want oh, it. Oh wow. Well in that case, yeah, maybe that. Yeah, and uh I think for 74 oh, yeah. I had to apologize because I don't have any reference on hand for me. I have not personally purchased a 74. The only 74 I've come, to, uh, come in contact with in real life would be the one owned by my ex-coworker that is mm. probably listening to this right now. Yes, I'm talking about you, <laughs> Mr. J. Um, <laughs> besides that, I had the... Um, the Lamy 2000 I have is relatively smooth. Is I think this one is a median on my end as well. Mm. Actually, no, the one I have is a... Shoot, I can't remember anymore. It's the one at work. I think that one's a fine. And uh, it, it, it writes really well. I do not have to adjust the... the smoothness for that pen, per se. I did have to flush out or uh, widen the nib very, very, very slightly. To make it a little bit flow a little bit better, mm. but that's pretty much it. That's that's the only adjustment I have to make. So, um, for a non-problematic nib, uh, Lamy two thousand. So far, I haven't really seen or heard anyone's nib that went horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. But of course, the uh, pilots in general has really good quality control as well. So I, I really yeah. don't think it could go wrong with either. Yeah. Honestly, I would chalk it up to just get the pen that you think looks nicer, <laughs> which design <laughs> aspect speaks to you. That'd be my recommendation, because honestly, I think they're both going to write pretty well. Um, yeah, but get the broad if you really want really smooth writing. <laughs> you can get a Lamy offers a double broad. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> on the side note, though, that if you want to try something else, I think the um, the there there's not just the broad right. There's also the Sailor Naginagatoki nib. The way that one is um, 
the way that one is grinded out, if you have a lower ready angle, you probably got a really smooth result too. And there's also the, if you want to venture into it, there is the Japanese wavering nib too, right? That one is WA nib. That one actually has the nib bent a little bit at the tip. Mm. So it always, you basically have a, a ball-shaped contact point with the paper, and that one will make sure that it's always smooth as well. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure the Pilot 74 has a Waverly nib. Yeah, because the Pilot 74 is like the base offering that Pilot has for gold nibs, right? Right. Well, there's a 912 that comes with it, but I'm not sure 74 has it. 743 has one, but that's a $200 nib. That's $200 something uh, $200 pen, so mm -hmm. uh, it might not come on the 74. Which, which pilot pen was that? The 743. And the 912. I think that's within the same price range approximately. $200 something dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean seventy four is one hundred sixty, so you yes. are you're bumping the price a little bit. You're you at fifty bucks or at like fifty sixty bucks, and you're almost there. So yeah. Alternatively, you can just always ask a nibsmith to uh to take a look at your nib and uh before you can whether from a nibsmith or from a nib company and have them take just two and smooth out a little bit uh, before they ship it to you. But at the same time, you will if you ask them to smooth out, you might not get the quote unquote factory experience per mm -hmm. manufacturers. So that's your call. All right. So I guess we can move on to the, our next topic. And uh, this is uh um what's the best way for me to phrase it? I don't know, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I typically I I typically like Opus eighty eight pens. Let me preface this. Yes. I typically like Opus eighty eight, even though mm -hmm. I have one year that I'm not sure about the color, the year pen of the year color. Yeah. But in general, I like their pen. Me too. I genuinely like their their frosted demonstrators and their different colors. I like them. I am not sure about their year of the rabbit pen that they just released. <laughs> you know what this pen gave me the idea of? It feels like it is a pen that someone took an Opus 88 and put a Easter bunny chocolate wrapper on the cap. Yeah. And give it to his and give it to his kid and say, here, here's your rapid pen. Are are you familiar Frank, are you familiar with uh the the kind of the the stores like Ross and TJ Maxx? Mm, yes, I don't really go there at all ever. I mean, I, yes. I think I set foot in Ross maybe three times in my entire life in the USA. Okay. okay. I, I want you to understand. Okay, so in America, there are these stores like Ross, TJ Maxx, Home Goods. They're made for 
people to buy like cheaper things and they have like a lot of times these seasonal offerings of like ceramic halloween stuff or easter ceramic things that are kind of at a discount um i think they're... i typically go even either much cheaper store or just get it online <laughs> yeah <laughs> or go to like a normal store yeah like ross so, the... is in the weird <laughs> in between ballpark that like i never really set foot in yeah this pen looks like it would be sold in one of those <laughs> For Ross, $20. In a Ross yeah. stationery store, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think I the main reason why is the is the text at the bottom of the pen. But Happy New Year 2023, that wrapper around the bottom of the barrels. That looks so cheap. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> It's it a looks silk, like it's it's a silk printed wraparound. It feels like it's like a give away pen that you get from a hotel. Yeah, it looks like I could scratch that off with my fingernail. <laughs> <laughs> to give it some to give it some praise or compliments, not praise necessarily. The picture of the rabbit is cute. It is. It's, hold, it's I, holding I ha- a pen. I have to say that the picture itself is cute. The implementation is not. If if okay. If you take that picture, and I would say don't use color, but use silhouettes. Huh. Hmm. Okay. If you do this in silhouettes. And each, like, the flowers' colors, you can... I mean, look, the barrel of the paint itself is already green, okay? You do not have to yes. have a green background. You don't need to have a bright green background in there. You take that rabbit, use, like, a yellow golden silhouette in rabbit form with the holding as pen. And the flower, you do pink-red silhouette as for flowers. I think it will look a lot better than what it's okay, offered well, right now. Well, wait. Last year... We looked at the Bennu, the Bennu uh, hand-painted pens, right? Mm-hmm. And those were just as colorful as this, if not potentially more colorful. But there's just a way that they... The way, the, the thing for the Bennu one is the Bennu painting, it goes through the entire bottom of the pen. Yes, like you it can does. feel you can feel that the entire pen is designed and is painted that way to be one continuous one continuous artwork. Yeah. Year of the Rabbit from Opus <laughs> is uh you printed you on art, and <laughs> you, you have art on the cap. And you have Happy New Year 2023 on the bottom. I'm just saying, if they just did away with the Happy New Year part, I think the Happy New Year text is is giving it a negative 60% on it. <laughs> like Any percentage points that it has, it is decreasing it by 60 percentage points. Yeah, I would say it's, it probably looks better without. It probably yeah. looks a lot better without. Yes. For sure. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How I much mean, is this I'm... pen? 
It won't be cheap. Uh, let me see. Opus 88. Like, I, I, I just looked at it. I didn't even bother looking at the price, to be honest with you. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just see it on, um, on the, on the Reddit form. 80 bucks. 80 bucks. That is, uh, pretty high. 80 bucks. Okay, here. I kind of like the, what, what is this? I like the art, to be honest. I like the rabbit art. Yeah. It, it comes <laughs> with like this, this, uh, this like piece of paper, the box, the box is cute. Yes. I like the rabbit. I just don't like how so limited. <laughs> the more I look at it, just get rid of that barrel. Just get rid of the barrel. It would be seriously a hundred times better. <laughs> <laughs> it's goodness. an eye pin, by the way. This one is oh uh, it's one of Opus ADA's smaller mini versions. So this is an eyedropper pen. Why would they do it like this? Oh my god! It's like they, it's like they thought people wouldn't understand, so they put "Happy New Year 2023" on it. I mean, it looks like just silk screen printed, right? So you can easily probably yeah. get the, get something to either buff it off or solve it off. The 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 bunny drawing itself looks like it's uh in like painted on though, or like it's put on somehow, not just no, silk screen. No, I think this screened. is silk screen. I think it's silk screened. Here, let me let me send you a f a picture a separate picture and then maybe you can tell me what you think i'll post it right under your link well okay yeah it's an ebay link because someone's trying to sell it and it doesn't look like it's silk screen it looks like there's uh it, it, it's at, put on an, a different way there are <sighs> it's not smooth so yes. I think it could be baked. Baked or glazed in somehow, or or is it painted? There's some closer up pictures that yeah, make me yeah, think that it's been right painted now, on. It's actually not silkscreen. I, I apologize. It's definitely not silkscreen. I'm not sure how it's done, but given the textures, it is it's either uh, spray painted or it was it's kind of glazing on top of it. Yeah. The text is definitely silkscreen, though. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Hey, that makes it easy to remove, okay? Fair enough. Fair enough. I just, just remove the text and I think we'll be okay. Yes. Not, not, it, this is not the pen that I would buy. <laughs> well, about the next one. Okay, let's take a look at this. Ooh, I like it already. Ooh. Wow. How much is this? They're pretty cheap. Uh, uh, if I recall correctly, when I was looking for it, um, the translation price is like 25, 30 bucks. Yeah, 26, 31, because it's 178 uh, RMB. Yeah. Dude, that's, that looks fantastic. So just if anyone's wondering, we are looking at the, this is a Chinese pen, by the way. This is Hong Dian. Uh, Hong Dian, H-O-N-G-D-I-A-M. They have a, I think th this actually comes with a quote-unquote calligraphy slash Naginaga token nib, if you really want to order as well. And uh, it is an Easter bunny that comes in black or white. 
and the white one it is like the 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 pen body has a lot of engraving to it yeah along with the golden golden paint when you buy in black and if you buy in white it's just white body along with a silver paint to it i'm gonna be honest i don't know which one i like better <laughs> and your nib the, the, the nib is a fat bunny yeah well okay frank you you may have just recommended the first purchase the first fountain pen purchase of the year <laughs> where can i get this <laughs> Taobao. okay Taobao, huh all right yeah Taobao has one i, I already looked it up uh okay tmar tmo has it okay i i i i love it it looks fantastic Right, I, I personally think this one looks really good. I'm I'm afraid that the the plastic the plastic part looks cheaper. It, it will be cheaper in real life than in photos. That's what I'm worried about. Well, that's why I get the white one. Hmm. You know, I don't have any. This is true. I don't have any white pens. And this Which is leads... white and silver. I think the white and silver looks really, really classy. And it's yeah. really hard to tell that uh it's really hard to tell that the material. If if it uses cheaper plastic, it's also gonna be really difficult to tell. Mm -hmm. The the one concern about white is that depending on the kind of plastic it is, it could yellow over time. Mm, right. Depending on the kind of plastic anyway. Yeah. But it's it's okay. Just say why it's pretty interesting. The uh, the Tmall one is say, telling you that in Chinese, please be careful. The uh, well, they call naginada in which the uh, Chinese is literally dao. It means a uh, knife. So knife mm -hmm. medium tip. It is very wide. Unless you have specific needs, do not recommend buying it for daily usage. <laughs> uh, we recommend extra fine for daily usage, but of course, this is for Chinese handwriting, right? For Jap yes. for for Western handwriting, it it probably worked just fine. Really. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is uh, four hundred and thirty six RMB. What's the current exchange rate? Given the current exchange rate, you're looking at oh, sixty three dollars. Ooh. That's actually a little Ooh. bit on the expensive side. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah, fifty dollars. Yeah, I will look it up, and uh, I might get one. But if, if it's, I'll have to actually look through the pictures because twenty six. I was like, ooh, that's a definite buy. But at a closer to fifty, I'm like, ooh, I need to investigate this a little bit more. <laughs> right. Right. Well, they say they have two year warranty on the fountain pen, but uh. Actually, in fact, I um, I found it interesting because I don't think we ever worry about warranties mm -hmm. on my end, um, the fountain pen stuff. Have you, like, because fountain manufacturer typically has to take care of you, right? So it is kind of weird that um, to see a fountain pen, of course, you, you want to talk about uh, warranty in general, um, but... In the fountain pen world, warranty is something that you don't typically worry about. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm hmm So, but yeah, this is, uh, I, I just linked you the Tmall link, and that's pretty much it.
Yeah. I'll have to investigate. But this looks <laughs> this looks way better than the Opus 88 version. Right. Like by a landslide. Yeah. Well, they have other colors too, yeah. Yeah, they have other colors. And lastly, one. for this week, I want to cover the um, Nakayas release a new paint shape on their end. Oh, whoa. Right. This, this looks good. <laughs> this is only available in their uh, cigar shape pen. Mm -hmm. And they only sell this model on their main website for now. The the way that the light just kind of bounces off it is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. And that's this, and that's in photos. That's in photos. Yes, this is like a uh, hexagonal shape. If you make mm -hmm. diamond shape, hexagonal shape, and they basically carve out. Um, it's like a diamond section of the pan on each one. Actually, no, they have different kind of patterns. Just FYI. Yeah. I, I would say that kind of reminds me of like a cathedral uh, stained glass. Right. Um, it's, I'm not sure you remember this, but Tassia used to sell uh, their, their weaved and lacquered pen. Mm -hmm. Like their samurai pen, they have, they have a weaved cap and then they lacquered over it. So you can see a different color under the, due to the weaving. This reminds me of that, but of it, evidently, of course, this is they actually carve out the uh, or buff out the uh, certain patterns onto the pen and then lacquer over it. Interesting. And this is they are well, uh, yeah, this is Nakaya. So the price is 850 bucks each starting point. Yeah, it's a base price. It's a base price. I wonder if you can. Commission this front through Nakaya to get a wider barrel. A wider barrel. Because remember, Nakaya have seventeen millimeter barrel now. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you can do that. Get it through that with them. Why do you I'm sorry, maybe I don't understand the context. Why do you need a wider barrel? Um, just thicker, bigger pen. Okay. So you'd want you'd want like a, a something larger than the model that they provide. Yeah, yeah. Like the the one they use is a typical is a typical Nakaya, which is fifteen millimeter. Mm -hmm. This is that's their most common pen size, and that's also typically is uh I would say fifteen millimeter is similar. It's like a similar width compared to a Pelican eight hundred. Mm -hmm. Actually, in fact, it's a little bit fatter than the Pelican 800, right? So the 17 is similar to like a Pelican 1000 or a uh, bigger than the Pilot A23 as well. Uh, yeah, I, I just wonder if I can do that. And the, the special pattern is called the, the, it's called the Tsumugi series. Tsumugi, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... There's something very new and interesting from uh, release from Nakaya. They just released this year. So I will certainly say uh, if you're interested, take a look. And because I think this really shows the layering properties of each uh, 
each urushi technique yeah <clears throat> because you can see all like the there's so many more because the the one that i like the decapod you see yeah. the the edging of it as it goes down but this one it's like all over the it entire just pen. all over it just so much more uh, compared to a normal decapod and the normal pen that you're gonna mm -hmm. see you, you just see the transition color between the uh urushi layer so much better all right i think the my favorite I, my favorite pattern is probably the uh uh katsuri it is kind of like a wavy pattern to it katsuri yes it's relatively subtle compared to the other ones trying to get a better picture of it there we go yeah it's a little darker um it hides a little bit more of it but you could you can still see the pattern in the pen right and it feels like it's like kind of waving wavy for, mm -hmm. for where the uh, the color pop up. But yeah, um, well, for $850, it's, it's not <laughs> cheap at all. No, it's not. But if you Though, want to get a pen that it's... showcases the color and the beauty of uh, Urushi, I, I think this is a pretty good choice to do it. Though, you know, at $850, it's not too far of a shootout from our Pokemon pen of last year. And honestly, it's not far of a shootout from even just a uh, Sailor King of Pens. Right. Right, a King of Pens was $600, if I recall correctly. Mm hmm So at $200, you, you have one of the uh, really good-looking Rushi Pens out there. Though I think, for me, my heart is still with the Decapod. I think... You still like the Decapod, huh? I think for me personally, not... Um, or a dorsal fin pen. I think I would definitely say dorsal fin pen has this very unique, unique shape and unique look to it. Yeah, it's just the, but, the dorsal fin too is really expensive. Yeah, it's, it's a thousand five hundred bucks. No, no, that's dorsal fin one. Dorsal fin two is like two thousand. I'm looking right now. It says a thousand five hundred. From Nakaya. Yes. Let me see. Uh, barrel special dorsal fin. Wait. And yes, dorsal fin version two is the one I want, not not version one. But yes, it says a thousand five hundred. Ah, I don't know, buddy. The, everything I see is a thousand, two thousand. Really? Oh, oh, Very oh, no, 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 no. You're looking at the normal finish, and I'm, I'm looking yes. at the fancy finish. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a normal person, not a fancy person. <laughs> I just look at the one from the top, bottom, top down. Okay, the top down. Yes. Maybe <laughs> it's not my fault. They put the most expensive on top. I think that just goes to uh, our personality. It's like I see the price. It's like no, there has to be a cheaper version. Okay, there it is. <laughs> I just look at the top. It's like oh, blue, silver, and blue. Oh, it's two thousand two hundred dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Someday. Right. Someday, right? Yeah, someday. And well, I think that concludes uh, today's episodes. And uh, again, hey guys, thank you very much for uh, the previous years of listening to us rambling around and uh, just bringing <laughs> up to the all the new pens I'll discover. Thanks so much. Yep, and uh, thank you very much for continuing listening to us in this new year. And uh, hopefully we can give you guys uh, more curated uh, contents uh, throughout this following years. And uh, you can always find us or contact us at fountainpen and stationery at gmail.com. 
I'm sorry, fountainpenstationery at gmail.com. There's no end. Fountainpenstationery yes. <laughs> at gmail.com. And our mm-hmm. website is fountainpenandstationery.com. And our、uh, Instagram is fountainpenandstationery with underscore between all of them. You know what? I'm、mm-hmm. just going to put my, our Instagram link in the description this time because I honestly、yeah. I couldn't find it. For some reason, I just couldn't find it on Google. <laughs> it, it, it boggles my mind why I cannot find it. Maybe just I don't use Instagram at all, so Google doesn't recommend that to me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, so. Who knows? Who knows?、Um, well, with that being said, hey, Happy New Year, Collins, and to all the <laughs> listeners, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Bye. Bye.